On March 11th, 2011, a 9.0 earthquake rocked Japan for six minutes. This was Japan's most powerful earthquake and the fourth most powerful since 1900. The earthquake triggered a tsunami. Japan's sirens and warning systems urged everyone to seek higher ground. The tsunami is estimated to have reached 133 feet and speeds of up to 435 miles per hour. The time between Japan's warnings and the tsunami making landfall was around 10 minutes. As the tsunami flooded Japan's streets and countryside, the weather was 0 degrees Celsius or 32 degrees Fahrenheit, and it snowed. The snow hindered rescue attempts, and people who struggled to avoid floating debris, which included cars, trucks, and houses. Around this time, a nuclear power plant in the Fukushima district experienced a meltdown, and three reactors were lost. This caused large spread power outages. The world watched Japan's live catastrophic footage on a day that would be referred to as 3-11. Months after 3-11, reports spread throughout Japan that people were being reunited with loved ones. However, their loved ones were ghosts. These are Japan's 311 Tsunami Ghosts. And this is Legends from the Pacific. Aloha, konbanwa, and thank you for joining us. This is Legends from the Pacific, episode 66, Japan's 311 Tsunami Ghosts. I am Kamuala Kaneshiro, a native Hawaiian professional writer, speaker, and Comic-Con panelist with extensive film and television experience. I study mythology, I've encountered unusual things, and I'm a geek. Would your friends and family like to know more about Asian and Pacific folklore? Well, tell them about our show. This simple request goes a long way in helping us grow our show. I apologize for the extreme lateness of this episode, and mahalo to all of you who wrote in. I'm going through all your emails and trying to catch up with everything. For more information about this, please listen to episode 64. So, my insomnia has been making things difficult, but offline-wise... I've been getting a lot of things together for our show, and I had more unexplainable experiences. But these are things for another time. Speaking of unexplainable experiences, send me your Pacific stories to share on future episodes. Also, if there's a story you would like me to cover, please write in and let me know. I enjoy getting your suggestions because they help me cater our shows for you. Later in this episode, your featured song and Hawaiian word, but first, 
Japan's 311 Tsunami Ghosts. Months following Japan's 311, many reported various unusual ghostly experiences. Stories claim there'd be knocking on the door, the homeowner would answer and discover a soaking wet person asking for dry clothes. The homeowner would hand the person dry clothes and more drenched people would show up. Others encountered soaking wet people acting unusual and asking if they were dead. In these cases, the wet people were ghostly victims of 311. The common aspect these experiences share include the ghostly individuals are young adults. They are soaking wet, sometimes dripping wet. They'll occasionally leave wet puddles where they vanished, and they wear heavy winter clothes. Of these experiences, I'm intrigued by the ones shared by taxi drivers. You see, these stories usually involve a taxi driver picking up a passenger. They head to the requested destination, but the passenger disappears before reaching their destination. I've shared similar stories with Pele, and while it's easy to label the taxi driver's stories as made up, I'd like to point out that the cabbies needed to record their trips, so when their ghostly passengers disappeared, someone had to pay the fare, and it was usually the taxi drivers. Even though many of them were still struggling financially from Japan's 311. The following is a Legends from the Pacific original story and is based on collected testimony. Tanaka parked his cab and thanked his departing passenger. That's when the sirens sounded. Tanaka's long drive outside his normal route saved him from the 311 tsunami, but his family wasn't as lucky. He refused to accept his missing family was dead. They were somewhere, possibly wandering Japan's streets, and he could use his job to find them. However, he couldn't drive around aimlessly. His miles needed to be documented and paid for, so he plunged himself into his work. Months passed. Tanaka hardly slept. His bosses, who once viewed his behavior as a coping mechanism, expressed to their devoted driver to take some time off and relax. Red-eyed Tanaka thanked them for their concern and assured them he was fine. Tanaka survived off getting his next passenger, recording their destination, then ignoring them and focusing among the sea of desolate faces silently praying for normalcy. During a hot autumn night, a passenger entered his cab with a squish. The young woman in Tanaka's back seat wore an out-of-season heavy coat and was soaking wet. Even in Tanaka's emaciated state, he could tell something was peculiar about the young woman. She told Tanaka her destination. The long drive would take him out of the city. Tanaka bowed 
pressed the button to close his passenger's door, recorded their destination, and the taxi meter's crimson glow filled the cabin as they drove towards the country. The unpopulated countryside did little to distract Tanaka from his distant passenger. The young woman's bowed head swayed to the rhythm of the car as she stared out her window. Her long strands of wet hair obscured most of her pale face and color-drained lips. Passing lights showed her heavy coat was getting darker with wetness instead of lighter from drying. At first, Tanaka thought his passenger was attending a cosplaying party or event, but now he wasn't so sure. The fare increased on the taxi's meter. We're going to an expensive part of town, but can she afford this fee, or will she try getting out of pain? Tanaka ensured the windows were up and doors were locked. He shook his head cursed himself for his cruel thoughts and focused on getting the young woman home. He decided to make small talk near their destination so things would be less awkward if she didn't feel talkative. Near the young woman's street, Tanaka asked about her plans for the weekend. She stared out her window through her strands of wet hair. Tanaka exhaled and slowed near their destination. He glanced in his rearview mirror, and the woman was gone. Tanaka checked his back seat. It was empty. He parked, unlocked his doors, and leapt into the empty street. He scanned the area searching for his passenger. He saw her heavy coat. It took a while recognizing his missing passenger was the young woman wearing it because she was smiling in her picture that was part of a shrine the neighborhood made for the loved ones they lost to the tsunami. Tanaka staggered into his taxi and closed his door. His side mirror reflected his passenger's smiling picture. He bowed, paid her expensive fare, prayed he provided her peace, and hoped someone would do the same for his missing family. Today, psychologists believe people seeing ghosts is a coping mechanism for suddenly losing loved ones and dealing with the stress of 311. But this does not explain why many Japanese taxi drivers would make their experiences up since it costs them money needed for their own expenses. For the record, most taxi drivers welcome the spirits because they don't feel threatened by them. Financially speaking, the World Bank estimated Japan's 311 to have caused around $235 billion making it the costliest natural disaster as of this recording. Recently, in 2021, 10 years after 311, it's been reported the incident caused over 19,000 deaths, and over 2,500 people 
were still missing. Personally speaking, my Japanese family members were fine and not severely affected. I also have some friends who were in Japan during this time who said they saw a lot but thankfully were not greatly affected and eventually made it home to America. I was taking a crisis management class when 3-11 happened. My instructor was the U.S. representative in charge of natural disasters in the Pacific. So, as I watched the live tsunami footage, I sent him an email asking if he was in Japan. He replied, he and his team were currently en route. Following 3-11, I had the rare privilege of meeting my instructor's Chinese counterpart, who shared many insightful things gathered from his experience. While the two were friends, they understood that their respective countries could go to war at any time, making them enemies. I felt it's a fitting time to share this story with you since the 2020 Tokyo Olympics are going on, and some of the destroyed areas were cleaned and became Olympic event venues. I feel that looking beyond the various controversies, commercialism, and politics, we can see times when the world can put their differences aside for a country experiencing a crisis or join as one in a spectacle like the Olympics. If you feel our show deserves five stars, please give us that rating, write a review, and share Legends from the Pacific with your friends and family. I'd really appreciate it. Mahalo nui loa to all of you for your continued support, especially our Legends from the Pacific Patreon supporters, Edward Pueo Henke, Cassie, Felisa H., Scout Parmenter, The Makuli Guy, and of course, Ren Shepard. As always, I greatly appreciate your support. Now, to get caught up with our other episodes. Our theme song is Mystery by Tavana, courtesy of High Sessions. Sound effects are by Sound Effects Factory. Our music coordinator is Matt Duffy, a.k.a. DJ Triple Bypass. Links and show notes can be found on our website, legendsfromthepacific.com, including a link to your featured song, which is Believe in You by Sunway, courtesy of High Sessions. Legends from the Pacific was written, produced, and edited by me, Kamuela Kaneshiro. I also wrote our original stories. Your featured Hawaiian word is hui pu. Hui pu means assemble or unite. An example of hui pu is Avengers, hui pu. Once again, hui pu is Hawaiian for assemble or unite. Thank you once again for listening. Mahalo and a hui ho. (laughs) 